thanks for setting the bar high. I can't wait to disappoint. So, uh, <laughs> so in keeping with, with the theme of tonight's show, uh, my story is, is about choices and why you should never, ever help somebody that you don't already know. So, so don't help strangers. And, and, and you, can <laughs> you can save your moral outrage because by the end of the story, you'll agree and, and the world will be a better place when no one helps each other. So, <laughs> so I'll set the scene for you. It's, um, it's the summer of, of 1998 up until Keatonia where, where I'm from, and I'm 19 years old. So... It's, uh, it's nighttime, it's raining, and my friends and I are, are driving home from, from a night out. And suddenly, out of the fog, this, this you know, shape materializes in front of our vehicle, right? We're going, we're going highway speed, so that, that scared the shit out of us. So, so, my, uh, so the driver slams on the brakes, you know, veers us over to the side of the road, and of course, we're, we're stunned. We look back to see who or, or what this thing was that we, we just about hit. And it was, it, was, it, it was a man. But the details of this person defy polite description. So I'll be as discreet as I can. This guy, he was, he, he was haggard, but not in the sense of, like, having a rough day. Like, he was haggard in the mythological sense. Like, <laughs> he was... Haggard like an evil wizard, or, or, or like a cave troll withdrawing from methadone, right? And this guy, he was, he, he was visibly intoxicated, and he looked really angry, and he was kind of alternating between these obscure outbursts of profanity and these sidelong stumbles in, in, into the side of our car. Um, and there was one other curiosity about this guy. He was, he was missing an eye. Now, I don't mean he had like a glass eye or a patch. I mean he had like a, like a socket, right? Just like a socket where, where his eyes should have been. Now, in, in a lot of communities around the United States, this would be pretty scary to find a one-eyed drunk person on the road. But we only live like five miles from Trapper Creek, so it didn't seem that weird to us that, we would, that we'd run into this. Um, and so, so, of course, you know, we deliberated for about 10 seconds, decided that the best choice we could make is to strike up a conversation with this guy. So, so we invite him into the vehicle. And, uh, and we, what we determined was that after a pleasant night of social drinking in, in Talkeetna, that this guy had carelessly driven his truck uh, off the road down a rocky embankment and into a swamp, all right? And, and, and now he was stuck. So... Uh, we were already on a roll with our decision-making, so, you know, we decided the best thing that we could do is, is give this guy a ride home. Right. And in hindsight, I now recognize that the, that the transport of, of dangerous one-eyed inebriates is the prerogative of professional responders, but when you're 19, you don't think about these things, and nothing could be more logical than going to a, a drunk person's house in the middle of the night. So, of course, th this guy lived down and I'm not exaggerating, like a, like a long, scary, dark gravel road with like no other houses on it. And, and to get to, to his house, there's, you know, there's a gated drive, and you had to walk about 100 feet to get to his, his front door. Now, we could have left him here at the gate, right, and said, you know, see you later, have a good night, we're good. <laughs> but no, we were, we were worried. We, we thought, we, we need to make sure this guy gets to bed safely. <laughs> Right? And if you're thinking in your mind, man, these are, some really, these are some really good kids that they were so caring, 
you're absolutely wrong. We were complete idiots, right? As we, as we found out shortly after. So, so we take this guy into his house, go into the main room, and it's, it's not lit, but it's kind of gloomy. You, know, you can see a little bit. And on the walls, there's pictures of skydivers everywhere. Right? So we asked the guy about these skydivers. And what he tells us is he used to be a skydiving instructor. And he, uh, he points to one picture on the wall uh, of two people in a tandem jump. You guys know what that is, right? The instructor and the person attached to him. And, he's, and he said that's him, that's him and his teenage daughter. Right? And he said that sh shortly after that, that jump, they went on another uh, tandem jump and there was an accident. And, and she was killed in the accident. And that's, the, and that's when he lost his eye. Right? And we were, we were floored by the tragedy of it, of it all. And we were ruminating on, on this. And then we were, uh, you know, he asked an odd question. He said, why don't we all die? Okay. He, he, was, <laughs> he was on a philosophical roll. So we were a little vexed by this. And then we were snapped quickly back to reality by the sound of, of an ammo magazine sliding into an SKS assault rifle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, our first reaction is we, we reach out in the gloom and you know, get our hands on the gun and, and then there's this sort of you know, hand over hand sort of thing up the gun. We're wrestling around, there's short skirmish, I end up with a gun in my hand. All right? And so, so of course we bolt at this point. And I'm still, I've thought, I've thought about this a lot in my life, and I'm still baffled by, by, by what I did next. Um, I've made some bad choices. Uh, <laughs> I've made some bad choices in life. I, you know, uh, I bribed a police officer by mistake, you know. I stole money from a drug dealer by mistake. Uh, and I, I tore my scrotum on a fence in Arizona. And again in New Zealand in the same year, so I didn't have a good track record, right? And uh, but but child's play compared to what I did next. So as I'm as I'm running out the door and I have the gun in hand, I'm struck with this moral dilemma. <laughs> I, I don't want to steal the guy's gun, right? Uh, because what if he needs it for something? And so <laughs> I decided the best thing to do is I prop this thing on the door frame of his Arctic entry. I go right out after my friends. Now I catch up with them, and, and you can imagine the first question they, they ask me, where's, where's the gun? And this was answered immediately by the blast of the rifle behind us. <laughs> so this guy's peeling off shots behind us, and, and that's, it's very dangerous to be, to be shot at, right? <laughs> but, but I have to say, if you're gonna be shot at by somebody, a, a drunk guy with one eye shooting in the dark is about as good as you're gonna get, right? <laughs> And so we run off, we get back to the vehicle, we, we drive home. As it turns out, one of my friends, his dad was a state trooper. So he calls him, he's, uh, don't worry, son, it'll be taken care of. And so, good, all right. Uh, no, it's, I'm just about done, so that's perfect timing. I, I'm right on track. And so, just a little bit more. Now, as it turns out, my sister had been out that night. She came back, she was drunk as well, a little insight into my family history. And, uh, <laughs> And we tell her the story. It turns out she knows the guy, right? Because she she's a bartender, and so she, she says she has to go. She has to go talk to him. So she goes zooming up there. We feel like we're responsible because she's about to get shot. It's, it's her and her boyfriend. So so we go after her. 
And we get up there, we get back to the gate. And we're like, don't, no, don't go up there. It's crazy. She's like, this is the best choice I can make right now. I'm going up to talk to this guy. <laughs> so she walks forward, and immediately the, the bushes explode around us in activity. And we hear, get your hands where we can see them. And it's the state trooper SWAT team who my friend's dad had called, and they, they had responded. So we get on the ground, and we tell them our details, and, wow, we're, we're really dumb, and we should, we, you know, we're sorry. And, and now after we did this, like, I was still pretty worried they were going to shoot us. N not because we were a threat to their safety, but just out of pure frustration that anybody could be so stupid <laughs> that they would decide to do the world a favor and uh, thin out the gene pool. But, but they didn't, mercifully. And a, a few other details, you know, evolved, which I'll, I'll spare you. My sister urinated in front of the captain of the SWAT team, and <laughs> there was a violent assault on the house, and as far as I know, this guy still can't get within 100 feet of me. But... But, so, here, here, here's the moral of, of the story. I've learned not to help strangers. So, God forbid any of you break down on the, on the drive home, because I will drive by like you don't exist. Uh, because if I stop, I already know what will happen. Uh.